Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Hacker Hub. Hope you're having a great day. Today is Friday, November 11th, and we're going to be learning a little bit about PCI. This is your host, William Parks, and we're going to get on with the show and uh, learn a little bit today. So without further ado, let's get it. All right, guys. Welcome back to Hacker Hub podcast. This is us kind of learning about PCI today. What is PCI? How can we use PCI? What is PCI compliance? All those general things. Like, let's just learn some stuff today. And that's kind of the, the premise of what we're doing. So um, without further ado, if you're not familiar with PCI is what it even stands for, it stands for payment card industry. Um, and so in essence of saying that, that means, hey, we're talking about credit cards, Visa, MasterCard, any debit card or credit card you have. Um, that is part of PCI, right? And there's a specific council that governs the security regulations behind PCI, behind those security, or I guess they, they just, they govern the security of the, the credit cards and how all the transaction security happens. And um, they really kind of detail what you need to be doing in your organization and how you can keep all of your data safe, being in compliance, quote unquote, um, and just maintaining a strong sense of security, knowing that whenever you're processing someone's payment, it's not gonna be you know taken down the wrong path. So um, now the PCI council that I was talking about, the acronym that they use or the actual term they use is PCI Security Standards Council or PCI SSC. Um, that is the council. And the set of rules that you kind of follow in, in the PCI realm is the Payment Card Industry Data Security Standard, which is PCI DSS. Um, now, to just kind of further break down things, there are 12 requirements uh, that you must have to be compliant with PCI DSS, which are this, the, the, the requirements for security. So um, the first and foremost is that you must use and maintain firewalls, uh, ensure that your firewalls are set up correctly, make sure that they're not letting any kind of malicious traffic in or weird foreign traffic that you're not aware of. Um, these prevention systems, they often are the first line of defense against attacks. So um, as long as you make sure that you have those set up and they're they're pretty well configured, you're not going to run into many issues. Firewalls are required for PCI DSS compliance. And because of their effectiveness in preventing unauthorized access, that is why they are required, right? So uh, as far as that goes, that touches the first of 12 things. Uh, the next thing that you want to make sure you have, you want to make sure you have proper password protections. Routers and modems, uh, point of sale systems, and other third-party product or products often come with generic passwords, um, as we've seen recently in breaches and hacks and attacks and all the fun things above. Um, we've been seeing a lot of things just being broken into uh, with people that are guessing default passwords or really, really bad, weak passwords for these devices. Um, oftentimes, a lot of these breaches occur with third-party products. Um, and that's why they come with the generic passwords, because if you have an issue, they can get in there and they can tell you, Hey, put in this default password, you'll, it'll fix right up. It'll be all good to go. Now, as far as passwords go, you want to ensure that you're in compliance with this area. Um, especially not only with, uh, the devices themselves, but also with accounts that govern those devices too. Um, as far as your network goes, uh, ensuring compliance in this area also includes keeping a list of all the devices. Um, and software which require a password or other security means to access. 
Um, in addition to device and password inventory, basic precautions and configurations should also be enacted, etc. meaning changing the password on your device. So that is number two. Make sure you have your passwords locked up and locked down. We're gonna take a quick uh, coffee sip here. All right, so um, I guess the next thing we're gonna talk about is uh, protecting card holder, card holder data, which that was, I don't know why that was a tongue twister, but it, it was a tongue twister for some reason. Um, the third requirement of PCI DSS is a twofold protection of card holder data. So card, card data must be encrypted um, with certain algorithms and these algorithms kind of range and they span or they don't even really range and span it's actually it's a pretty strict set of requirements uh, as far as what algorithms you can really use but the encryptions are put into place with encryption keys um, which are also required uh, to be encrypted for compliance so you have encryption in place with the encryption keys which are also encrypted for compliance there we go we'll, we'll just sum it all up like that um, regular maintenance and scanning of primary uh, account numbers or PAN for short. Um, it's needed to ensure that no unencrypted data exists. And that's kind of the third thing, really just making sure you protect your data. Because as far as pen testing goes, that's one of the really common things that we do is we do PCI compliance pen tests, right? So we see, okay, well, let's check the firewalls. Let's check for easily guessed passwords. Let's check for any data that we can get our hands on. Maybe we can get our hands on a credit card or um, mailing. I, 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 dude, there's a bunch of different stuff, but credit card numbers, is th that's really what we're talking about right now. Um, and a whole other slew of things. So again, that's the third, that's protecting cardholder data. Uh, the fourth is going to be encrypting transmitted data. So. Like if you're if you're processing a payment, making sure you're on HTTPS instead of HTTP, AKA making sure if you're using your browser on the top little side of your browser, you see a little lock symbol or an unlock symbol. You want that symbol to be locked because that means that your data is secured. You're good to go. Nothing's gonna get stolen more than likely unless you're on an already malicious website that someone bad built out and they just made it look great by adding this extra security. Um, so making sure that the data is encrypted whenever it's transmitted, not only from a website whenever you purchase something, but also from a point of sale uh, device. So like, let's say a cash register or something per se. Um, cardholder data is sent across multiple ordinary channels, uh, AKA payment processors, home office from local stores. Um, this data is always in need of being encrypted. Uh, whenever it's being sent to these known locations and account numbers should also never be sent to locations that are unknown. So that is the fourth out of 12 things that is encrypting transmitted data, making sure you have everything locked down. Uh, number five is using and maintaining antivirus. Now this is pretty much summing everything up in and of itself. Um, just make sure you have antivirus in place. Make sure you have all of your assets locked down and that you understand what's going on in your network. Um, and even if you aren't a super technical person, there are so many, so many solutions for those out there that, you know, don't have the technical experience in the background. And that's perfectly okay. You don't have to. And that's the glorious part of this. Um, you can get antivirus. There's, like I said, there's so many solutions that can actually help you maintain this compliance. I mean, you can even outsource the payment processing to a different company. Um, typically, that's what a lot of people do, especially a lot of smaller organizations and vendors. Um, they outsource to other organizations. So like Shopify, per, per se. Like, um, 
they all have payment processing stuff in place. And that's, those are the people that have to be in compliance. Um, so ensuring you have antivirus in place, that is a requirement. So make sure you have something on your computer that is looking for signatures of malware to make sure we can just remove it and wipe it off the face of this earth. Um, hopefully it's not anything that no one has discovered yet because that kind of makes it harder. Um, so anyway, after that, that is number five, making sure that you have antivirus software in place. Understanding and making sure you properly update your software on your devices is another huge thing, um, especially whenever it comes to organizations that don't have a super strong patching uh, policy or if you aren't one to really want to update very often, truthfully. I'm guilty of it sometimes, um, but you know you have to understand that this stuff is, it, it can have serious de detriments to you if, if you don't make sure that you're updating everything when it needs to be updated. Like recently this week, Microsoft actually released a few updates for Windows 11 um, and they're pretty serious updates about kind of like remote control execution. So someone taking completely over your computer, um, make sure you update your stuff guys. It's, it is such an easy way to stay in compliance. It's so easy. You can even have your computer automatically do it for you. Um, you just want to make sure that you are making sure you're getting every single update that's out there. Not only just the required ones, but also the additional ones where you have to kind of click in a little area and go look for that yourself just a little bit. Um, so that is six of 12. We're halfway through guys. Stick with me. Uh, we're, we're making great progress. So next up, you want to make sure that your data access is restricted uh, to only really people that need to know what the data is. People, so it's, it's a need to know basis. Not anyone should be able, not just anybody should be able to access this data for obvious reasons, right? I mean, it's, it's credit card information, like it's payment information. You have access to people's bank accounts, essentially. Um, or, you know, there, there are just so many things that it's just like, you need to make sure you just have all this stuff locked down, truthfully. Um, all staff, um, executives, and third parties who do not need access to this data should not have it. The roles that do need sensitive data should be well-documented and pretty regulated, also regularly updated um, as per required by PCI DSS. So that is number seven, restrict data access kind of self-explanatory. You don't want anyone just getting access to this stuff. So number eight out of 12 um, is make sure you have unique IDs for access. So individuals who do not have, or who individuals who have access to cardholder data should have individual credentials and identification and identification for access. For instance, now that, I'm not gonna lie, that, that sentence is very confusing. It, to me, it's kind of confusing whenever I read it or whenever I think about it. But for instance, there should not be a single login to the encrypted data with multiple employees knowing the username and password. Essentially, in super simple terms, don't reuse credentials from person to person. Everybody needs to have their own login. And that sounds kind of self-explanatory, like we were saying a little bit earlier with some other points, but... You'd be surprised how many people do this. And I don't blame them because it makes it easier. You don't have to spend a bunch of time setting up accounts and provisioning people for things. But seriously, guys, make sure that you're not using the same account for everything because that's where issues kind of start to come to play. And that's really kind of what, I mean, it really, it, it downs you. It's, it's not a good thing. Because if someone compromises that one account, that's really not good. So 
After that, we're going to be talking about creating and maintaining access logs. Logging for PCI compliance is a huge thing. You need to make sure you have your logs in place, make sure you have everything. You need to have all the traffic, all the transactions, everything in place, right? Make sure you have it. Um, and all activity dealing with cardholder data and primary account numbers uh, is required to be logged. Um, and perhaps the most common non-compliance issue really is the lack of proper record or uh, record keeping um, and documentation when it comes to accessing sensitive data. So compliance requires documenting how data flows into your organization and the number of times access is needed. So software products to log access are also needed to ensure accuracy, make sure that all the data or all the individuals that are accessing the data are supposed to be there. And, um, you know, another common solution people use for this stuff is a SIM, S-I-E-M. Um, they're very common. They're super, super awesome in the fact that they log all the data. And so whenever it comes time to see, hey, are you in compliance? Like, are you, do you have everything locked down? Do you have what you need to have? It's so easy for the auditors. They just come in, say, hey, Sim, give me the data. Sim spits out the data, lickety split. You don't have to go through all this crazy audit stuff. It makes everything super easy and seamless. Um, so yeah, so that is number 10 create and maintain access logs. Now, number 11, we need to scan and test for vulnerabilities. Um, this is also pretty self-explanatory. All this stuff is, it's pretty much, it's basic security in a sense, but it's because of how lacking we are in, in the cybersecurity realm for organizations, it's like you have to have this. So you would think, oh, well, if I'm updating everything and I'm making sure that all my passwords are changed and um, I don't have any weird devices on my network and I have everyone locked down to what accounts need to be using, you know, you would automatically think that you'd already be scanning for vulnerabilities, especially with antivirus, right? So funny enough, and some people may, may see this, some people may not, but honestly, there are people that do do all that other stuff and they don't scan for vulnerabilities in their network. And that's perfectly fine too. It's, I mean, it's not fine if you want to be PCI compliant, um, but it's fine in the sense that there's always room to learn and grow, especially right now with how the industry is and how crazy everything is too. Um, so make sure that you have all of these things in place. Um, and all 10 of the previous compliance standards that we've already talked about, they involve several software products, physical locations, and likely a few employees. Um, there are many things that can malfunction. They can always go out of date or they can suffer from human error, which is also a very common thing too. We see a lot of misconfigurations and that's what usually what leads to a lot of these compromises. Um, and funny enough, the threats can actually go unnoticed for a long time too, especially if you're not scanning for the vulnerabilities. So if you have a vulnerability scanner, I know Nessus is a very popular one. There are some others too. Um, definitely start implementing that into your network. If you want to become PCI compliant, make sure you have that running all the time. Not all the time, but quarterly or monthly, however you, however often you would like to do it. But um, lastly, so I know we've, we've covered a lot of things, guys. Lastly, we're going to talk about documenting your policies. This is the, as far as the actual auditing side of things goes, um, you know, me, myself and I, I am a penetration tester. So I look at all the technical stuff. I don't, I do look at the policies and the documented policies, but I'm looking more so for the vulnerabilities, right? I'm looking more so for those small little gaps in your network that I can get into. Whereas, you know, a PCI assessment is broken down into a few different categories, right? Um, you have the penetration test, 
then you have like an actual audit. And the audit side is where you're gonna be looking at policies, making sure that your standards are actually matching the PCI DSS standards. Um, making sure you have an inventory of your equipment, all the software you're running and employees that you have, um, or the employees that have access to the data, uh, all that needs to be documented for compliance. And the logs of accessing cardholder data also need to require documentation too. Um, how information flows throughout your company, where it is stored and how it is used after the point of sale will also need to be documented. Essentially, it is everything. Like everything you do needs to go into this policy, into this documentation. Because it's, you know, if you're compliant, we need to know everything that you're doing, right? So one of the... I guess that that's really all 12 of these things, but truthfully, what are the benefits of being PCI compliant, right? Like seriously, what, yeah, it looks great and all, but what is the actual point? So here, let's just break this down really fast. So there are a few things as to why it is nice to be PCI compliant. And truthfully, you know, it means that your systems are secure. So not only are you in compliance, but you know, people can actually have faith in you knowing, hey, you know, my information is safe. I don't have to worry about anything happening. I know my stuff is safe. And your customers can trust you with that, um, especially whenever they're paying you for things that could be thousands of dollars, right? Trust leads to customer confidence and repeat customers and loyalty, right? Um, and this is also talking about consumers like you and I or also organizations for business to business transactions. Um, PCI compliance also improves your reputation, which with like acquirers or payment brands, um, just the partners or your business needs for whichever one they're supplying stuff for. Um, it's also an ongoing process that aids in preventing security breaches and payment card data theft um, in the present and the future. So it doesn't stop just with, you know, hey, we're, we're done here with the compliance. We got it, we're good to go. It's it's not something of you are you are in compliance, right? It is something of, okay, you know, you are never compliant. You are always trying to be compliant. You can be compliant, but it's not like a finite goal. You hit that and you're done. It's an ongoing thing. It's a journey. And so you need to make sure you're staying on top of your stuff, right? Um, so that that essentially all that wraps up is just saying it helps prevent things in the now and the future. Um, and it's it's it just feels good to know that your stuff is secure, right? You, you can't lie. It feels good. So... As you try to meet PCI compliance, you're better prepared to comply with additional regulations such as HIPAA, SOX, and others. So let's say you process PHI, personally or personal health information. Um, is the P right? Yeah, yeah, PHI, yeah, yeah, personal health. Yeah, I'm having a brain fart. Okay, anyway, um, yes, yeah, so HIPAA, is the regulation of PHI and all the, the data therein that you know, you'll see in the medical field. Um, and SOX and many of these other standards, I mean, these other compliance standards, um, if you're compliant with PCI, a lot of them kind of go therein. It's like programming language. It's like a programming, learning a programming language, right? The logic kind of stays the same from, you know, compliance standard to compliance standard, but the syntax is just different, right? So it's different wording, different everything else. But at the end of the day, it's all the same thing, right? You don't want any of this data to get out. You want to make sure your stuff is secure. It makes everything easier. And it's just kind of one thing after another. You just knock it out. Um, PCI compliance also contributes to corporate security strategies. Um, and it also likely leads to improving IT infrastructure efficiency. So 
Um, yeah, so that that's those are just a few benefits that you can gain from PCI compliance. But you know, that's all great and dandy. But what are the difficulties that are posed by PCI non-compliance, right? So yes, we hear all about this. Oh, this is awesome. And truthfully, like this is, you know, this is cool. But why? What what happens if I'm not? What happens if I get breached? What happens if something happens to my organization or my company? So compromised data that negatively impacts consumers, merchants, and financial institutions, um, essentially you, you get penalized pretty heavily for it. It's it's not a happy ending for you. And I couldn't tell you the specifics of how much it would necessarily cost, but it's millions. So it's, you know, I know for a HIPAA breach, I want to see the average. Oh, I'm, I'm not even going to say an average because I'm, I'm not even going to sit here and say I know what the average is. I knew what the average was a few months ago, but I can't tell you what it is right now. Um, but let's just say it was on average. This is a low ball, but, you know, 2.5 million. That's on average. If you are HIPAA compliant, or let's say you're following HIPAA regulations, you know, and you have all of your security processes in place, all your software installed, and you have a breach, there's no HIPAA violation. There still could be a HIPAA violation if the data is compromised. But if everything is stored correctly, then you don't have to worry about that millions of dollars. You don't have to worry about those massive fees hitting you because nothing was taken, right? You know, a solution for security and and EDR, endpoint detection, incident response. If If you invest in all those solutions, you don't have to worry about spending the money in fees. 2.5 2.5 million versus 50,000 for a year's subscription of something. Yeah, let's say even like 250,000, 500,000. Anything is better than a million plus for a breach. So spend the money. I know it's hard and it's hard, especially inside of organizations whenever you have all the politics. And, you know, truthfully, one of the biggest things that we fight in cybersecurity, guys, is the fact that, you know, you can explain to someone who's not technical like why you need it but until they understand the ramifications of what happens if you don't have it without scaring them you don't want to start going down a bad path of trying to scare someone you don't want to fear monger somebody but you have to explain to them you know hey here's what happens if we don't have this and here's the likelihood of that happening and you know looking at the threat landscape right now it's pretty likely so um there are just there there are a lot of things that can happen whenever you're not in PCI compliance, lawsuits, insurance claims, canceled accounts, payment card issuer fines, government fines. We're going to go, we're, we're not even going to go down the list. It's a ton of stuff. Um, so yeah, so anyway, this is just a little tidbit about PCI. What what PCI really is, what is PCI compliance? And I guess I'll just wrap up with kind of what I do, PCI penetration testing. Um, I do a whole slew of surfaces uh, for my organization that I work with, but PCI compliance Pen, uh, penetration test is essentially just a penetration test with PCI stuff governed into it, right? So I'm looking for a lot of these things that uh, the security policies that should be in place, like password policies, firewalls that should not be laden traffic through. I'm looking for any kind of hole to get into something inside the network. And inside networks, you have something that holds, it's called the, see, uh, it's like CDE, credit card, uh, wait, credit card data environment. I think that's what it is. I think that's what it stands for. Anyway, a CDE machine basically holds credit card data or processes or transmits credit card data. 
Um, and in essence, what that is, we just try and get access to that. We want to find out and see what data is being transmitted. We want to see credit card information. That's our goal because we're acting like a bad person, but we're not. They hired us. It's all legal. But essentially, imagine like a hacker, but for good. That's exactly what this is. And so um, making sure you're compliant with PCI and you get a PCI pen test can really show you quite a few holes that you have and it might actually help improve your security quite a good bit so um all that being said thanks for listening to the podcast of hacker hub today i hope you have a great friday and even better weekend um today is again november 11th and yeah hope you guys have a great one and I look forward to the next episode